Thank you so much for joining us for this week's message from Real Life Community, where we talk about connecting with God and others, growing in Christ-likeness, and sharing God's life with the world. My name is Sarah Comer, and I serve each week as Connections Pastor, making sure that you know that there is a God and a community that loves you and wants to go through the seasons of life with you. You can find us at reallifecommunity.org, and we would love to meet you on Facebook or Instagram. Until then, we hope this message meets you right where you are and helps you know just how deep the Father's love is for you. I'm going to invite Will Browning up. Will Browning is a senior religion major, right, at Trebekah? He knows these two young men here, Colin and Josh from Ohio, and he's going to bring the word this morning. I'm just going to say a quick prayer, if you don't mind. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much. Lord, we thank you so much for who you are. And Lord, every second of the day, we get to proclaim the goodness of God. And what you're doing in our lives, Lord, what you're doing in the next generation of lives, Father God. Lord, it's so great to see how you move. Lord, I pray that you be with Will this morning as he brings the word. Lord, touch him, and uh, may we uh, soak it in, Father God, and may you be glorified in all that we say and do in your wonderful name. Amen. Amen. Awesome. Thank you, Jamie. I was kind of hoping Jamie would just keep on talking and knock some minutes off my sermon and stuff. I would just get out of here, you know. No, I'm kidding. I, uh, like Jamie said, I'm Will Browning. Uh, it's great to be here this morning. I was so, so very excited when a couple weeks ago, uh, Christy asked me uh, about preaching here, and I, I hardly, I actually don't even know if I've ever turned down an opportunity to preach before. I, I've been preaching since I, I preached my first sermon, and these two were there. I preached my first sermon when I was 13 years old, uh, up in, I believe we were at, uh, it might have been Worcester, it might have been Mount Vernon, it, but it was for like our TNT competition up north. And so I've been doing this for a little bit, and uh, it, just, it just makes me so excited to be able to study Scripture and figure out what God is going to do through uh, these words that have been written down and studied for generation after generation after generation. And there's something so special, something so mysterious, something so unique about the Word of God that something new keeps on coming out of it to me every single time that I read it. I don't know how it keeps happening because I feel like I've just studied it so much being at school, but every single time I open up this book, something new just pops right off the page. And so I'm so very excited to be here this morning. I have a discussion question for y'all. So I'm gonna give you like three minutes. This is your one question. When you hear the word human, what do you think of? What comes to mind immediately when you hear the word human. I'm going to give you till 1035, which is in three minutes. Right, well, I didn't tell you this part, but now I would like to hear some of your answers. Or maybe you can say one of your neighbor's answers, whatever. But I would like to hear some answers. You hear the word human, what comes to your mind? People. People. Mortal. Mortal. Blood. Mistakes. Community. 
Yeah, yeah, you're both human, that's right. Anything else? Stupid. <laughs> Ooh. Oh, stupidity. Okay, okay, gotcha. Well, uh, I, it's, it's an interesting thing to think about what does it really mean to be human because we all come from different backgrounds, different philosophies of what does it mean? Do we define humanity as in, you know, we have bones and muscles and skin and flesh and we have like a conscious or does it mean that uh, we are made in the image of God? And that we are in community with one another. I thought uh, community was like, I love that answer. That was such a great answer. Well, the passage for today comes to us from Hebrews chapter 2, starting at verse 5. It is not to angels that he is subjected the world to come, about which we are speaking. But there is a place where someone has testified. What is mankind that you are mindful of them? a son of man, that you care for him. You made them a little lower than the angels. You crowned them with glory and honor and put everything under their feet. In putting everything under them, God left nothing that is not subject to them. Yet at the present, we do not see everything subject to them. But we do see Jesus, who was made a little lower than the angels for a little while, now crowned with glory and honor because he suffered death so that by the grace of God, he might taste death for everyone. In bringing many sons and daughters to glory, it is fitting that God, for whom and through whom everything exists, should make the pioneer of their salvation perfect through what he suffered. Both the one who makes people holy and those who are made holy are of the same family. So Jesus is not ashamed to call them brothers and sisters. He says... I will declare your name to my brothers and sisters in the assembly. I will sing your praises. Thanks be to God. That is a good, good word this morning. I was at a preaching conference this past week, and I was listening to a little workshop that the president of NTS, uh, Dr. Jaron Rao, he was giving a presentation on holiness, and he said this, Hebrews is one of the hardest books of the Bible to preach on. <laughs> and then I looked out in my notes, and I went, oh, I'm preaching on Hebrews this week, and, uh, but thankfully, uh, it is, I definitely realize it is not by my own thoughts, but I believe that God <laughs> has brought people into my life, has spoken into my life this week that uh, this passage really speaks about what it means to be human. There's this girl named Janice. Janice grew up in a Christian household. Um, like myself, I grew up in a Christian household, two parents that loved me very much. Uh, but Janice had two parents that loved her very much, Christian household, a uh, younger brother named James, and a dog named Buster. Super normal household uh, going on their everyday life. But all of that changed when Janice was a junior in high school. Uh, you see, a couple months prior, Janice's dad had been uh, uh, diagnosed with stage four cancer. And so they knew the time was coming, uh, and, event- and eventually the summer between her junior and senior year, uh, her father passed away. And it was, it was really, really hard on Janice. Some of you in this room might know what it's like to lose somebody to uh, a horrific disease like that. And so you can relate to Janice's story. But uh, Janice really let the grief get the best of her. Uh, this 
crazy cycle and spiral of depression, anxiety, and addiction just overcame her life. Uh, she was failing all of her classes. She, w- she uh, was hanging out with the wrong crowd, uh, and she was just doing a lot of things that she knew she shouldn't be doing, but didn't know what to do anyways. It was easier for her to be high and get by rather than be sober and muscle through the pain of grief. Well, some of the lady mentors at her church got whiff of this, and uh, they came to her and gently confronted her about what was going on in her life. And there, there was breakthrough, and there was power, and there was prayer, and there were tears, and all the things happened, and uh, Janice was set free from that depression, anxiety, and addiction. And uh, during that prayer time, one of the mentors leaned over to her and said, don't worry, honey, you're only human. You're only human. Humans are broken, right? Humans are very broken. We can look back to Genesis 3 and see how humans are broken. We see uh, the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, um, God says, don't eat from that tree. And humans go, right. (laughs) And we eat from that tree, and there's that relationship. God had this relationship with humans. I was so tightly knit. But there was that brokenness that took place right after that. And from that point on, humans have been broken. But also from that point on, humans have now had the opportunity to repent and draw near to God. We see how God created in Genesis 1 and 2, and then we have this whole narrative throughout all of Scripture about humans turning their backs on God, humans returning to God, humans turning their backs on God, humans returning to God. It's this cycle over and over and over again because there are different generations, different nations, different people that keep on going through this cycle, and it's a learning process. But then we also have that really, really good news in Revelation 21 and 22, that God is making all things new, that one day there won't be any brokenness, but God is making all things new, and that work is happening right here, right now. Behold, I'm making all things new. But what does it mean to be broken? Uh, We think maybe of our morals being broken. Uh, I don't know if broken is even necessarily the right word. I think maybe uh, not upright. Uh, I can't remember what the Hebrew, I've got a Hebrew exam coming up, and one of the words in Hebrew is upright. I'm trying to remember what that word is, and I should have written it down, but I didn't. But upright means to be in alignment with whatever it is you're doing. And so in the beginning, humans were upright with God in that relationship with God. And now, Our will is kind of bent. It's not broken to the point beyond repair, but it is bent to the point of we got some fixing to do. Jesus was broken because Jesus was human. Jesus came, he lived, and up on a criminal's cross, he was pierced open and physically broken, just like us. He, his character and his morals were definitely a lot better than ours if we had to take a wild stab at it since Jesus is God. 
probably uh, knew what he was doing, right? But Jesus was broken because he was fully human. Jesus was broken on a cross, and his body was broken and poured out, and God has been broken for the restoration of the broken. There's a, the psalm that was quoted, uh, the, Hebrew, uh, the writer of Hebrews quotes Psalm 8. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. You have set your glory in the heavens. Through the praise of children and infants, you have established your stronghold against your enemy to silence the foe and the avenger. When I consider your heavens, the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have set in place, what is mankind that you are mindful of them? Human beings that you care for them. You have made them a little lower than the angels, crowned them with glory and honor. You have made them rulers over the works of your hands. You put everything under their feet, all flocks and herds and the animals of the wild, the birds in the sky and the fish in the sea, all that swim in the paths of the sea. Lord, our Lord, how majestic is your name in all the earth. There's this other guy named Jack. Jack grew up in a broken household. Some of you might have grown up in a broken household. Parents weren't together anymore. Uh, constantly having adult figures come in and out of his life. Just never a steady, stable relationship with any mentor. And, uh, Jack had been uh, using drugs since he was in the seventh grade and continued all the way throughout high school. And after he graduated, after he turned 18, he got caught and he got thrown in jail for a few years. Jack is also broken. And all the while, Jack is broken and being held in prison at the jail right across the street from Janice's church. Over at Janice's church, they're singing praise and worship and they're praying that God would heal our land. I, I find it kind of ironic today in our world when it, I think it's easy for us to look around at us, the church, capital C church. And we look around, and it's easy for us to see when one of us messes up, we go, don't worry, honey, you're only human. But sometimes, and I'm guilty of this, we think of the people in the jail we think of the people begging for money. We think, think of somebody different than us. And we go, they're too far gone. And there's no hope. That phrase, they're too far gone, I, church, I beg and plead with you. If there's one thing that I can just do today while your pastors are gone and just like, if we could just change one thing, don't ever, 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 ever say the phrase, they're too far gone. Because they are not too far gone. Jack is not too far gone. He wasn't any more gone than Janice was. The only difference was the people that Janice had in her life, that support system. Jack didn't have that. Jack didn't know to look for that. How would he have known 
to look for that. They're too far gone. That phrase disturbs me. Thank you for joining us today. We would love for you to join us in person. Our address is 2022 East Main Street in Murfreesboro, Tennessee. If you'd like to make a donation to keep our podcast ministry going, you can do so online at reallifecommunity.org give. Thanks again for listening.